Welcome to Stories of Change and Creativity. I'm Judy Oscom, a professor in the School of Journalism and Mass Communication at Texas State University. Throughout my career as a television journalist, video producer, PR professional, and educator, I've always been drawn to stories, stories about people and how they deal with change and embrace creativity. Hope you enjoy listening. This bonus episode features an interview with Texas State University graduating senior Ann Cox. You might recognize Ann from our trailer. She's the audio engineer and multimedia specialist working on this podcast. Ann talks about change, creativity, and how she's handling the current COVID-19 pandemic. I think right now it's really just a lot of uncertainty for like what's going to happen in the next few months, because I mean, it's not only that I'm graduating and I have to find a job um, pretty soon. It's also that my lease ends in August. I don't know like where I'll have a job, whether it's in Austin or like if I'm staying in San Marcos or even if I'm moving out of state, which probably seems like not a likely option with everything going on. But I just, I don't know any concrete answers right now. I feel like I just have this like time bomb of like when I have to be out of my apartment and like ready to go. So it's a lot of, it's a lot of nervousness. It's a lot of uh, uncertainty. It's just, we're just, we're getting through it. (laughs) I've got a few months to figure it all out. Right. And, and I think too, you know, talk a little bit about your major and what you're taking in class and how, if you're seeing any innovation coming out of this crazy time. Yes. Well, I actually am so, so grateful for um, being a mass comm major because I feel like my professors were really, really prepared for this. Like they already know all of the technology that um, exists to like move into an online workspace. And as much as I might complain about still having to wake up at like 930 in the morning for my Zoom class, I really need that (laughs) because I need the structure to like make it seem like, oh, I'm, I'm still in school. I still need to get these assignments done. I'm still seeing my professor's face like every Tuesday and Thursday, so or Monday, Wednesday. So I need to get all these assignments done. If, if you're looking ahead at jobs and job opportunities, are you seeing some innovation coming out of media-related positions from this situation? And how are you kind of transitioning for that? I... I know. I I mean, I just, I know everyone's working from home right now. We had in my multimedia journalism class, uh, a guest speaker from, I think it was the Austin American Statesman. And he, he said that he worked from home a lot anyways. He just worked remotely. So this wasn't a big change for him, but um, everyone's online now. Everyone's some, uh, he mentioned there was like a 70 person Zoom meeting that he was a part of and he just had to close out because it was too many people. Um, so I think, I think it's a bit of a learning curve, but we're all getting used to it. And I think it's really interesting that it is possible. It's just like good to know that, that um, like we've progressed so far in society <laughs> that we can now do this and everything's okay okay if it's online. And as far as uh, creativity goes, as a freelance audio editor, I'm really hoping a lot of people will start uh, making podcasts (laughs) so that I can assist them with their editing or get them online or uh, something like that. Because uh, I mean, now's the time to try all those crazy ideas you've been wanting to do. Well, speaking of that, I know, you know, some people have talked about what I should be productive during this time period. I mean, have you faced any of that as far as how, how to structure your day. And we're yes. all sort of at home, you know? 
Yes. Every day is a constant like tug of war with myself because I, on the one end, feel really, really guilty when I don't spend time like updating my resume, updating my portfolio, my LinkedIn, applying for jobs, working on the projects that are due like a week, two weeks from now. Like I feel really, really bad when I'm not working on something because I mean, like I said before, there is all this time to do it. So why am I not doing it? But on the other hand, it's no one really knows how to navigate this situation. So self-care is also really, really important. And like, I don't know about everyone else, but I'm tired all the time. And I think it's because of the changing routine. Like my body is just, it doesn't know how to react to it yet. So also making sure that you're taking care of yourself. And like, you can spend a day binge watching Netflix if you really want to, if you feel like you need to, like your projects, um, LinkedIn's not going anywhere. <laughs> and we don't know how long this will last. So taking a few days for self-care is fine. Um, I just, I need to get better at telling myself that. Well, and, and I think too, I think you, you feel that pressure of graduating and yet, graduating to what you're just I think there's sort of that unknown my daughter is a graduating senior too and all I can say is just hang in there because you know things will change and what advice do you have for other graduating seniors about this this global pandemic that we're in I actually uh, so two of the guest speakers we had in Dr. Cindy Royal's class last night um, they really dispelled a lot of my anxiety. Um, they both worked at USAA. They both started like lower level. Um, and they said that it really doesn't like pick a place that you want to work at, pick a company that you really like. And it doesn't matter what your job title is, even if you're like customer sales rep, customer service rep. Um, it doesn't matter. Like just get your foot in the door. And then there's just endless opportunity to move up from there. And like the skills that you've built in college as a mass comp student, like digital media, coding, all of those things, um, those will help you to where you need to go once you have that foot in the door. So it doesn't matter what the beginning job title is. Well, I mean, there are jobs available at uh, places like Walmart and Amazon. And I think you have to look for the right job that is available now. And I think that's great advice for for students. I was telling my daughter that last night. I said, you might think about HEB, you might think about Amazon and some of those companies that are hiring now just to do just that, get your foot in the door. And I think students think, well, I don't know that I want to start here or there, but think that is really good advice. You know, you and I talked earlier this week about the fact that there is a light at the end of the tunnel can you touch on that a little bit? Um, I mean, it, it is a virus. It will eventually leave uh, the U.S. I mean, we've already seen what it's done in China and how they're already recovering right now. And I think like yesterday or two days ago was the first day where they had no new cases of coronavirus. So that was a huge deal for them. So we've seen how it works already. So we know that it will end. <laughs> it won't last forever. So like people will be hiring again. There, There is a light at the end of the tunnel. We just don't exactly know how many more months it'll be. And in the meantime, it's creativity time. <laughs> it's time to work on all of those skills that uh, you've been wanting to work on or learn a new one. Or I mean, like I said, update your LinkedIn, your resume, your portfolio, get all of those ready for when the restrictions are over and you can go outside and you can go into these places and say, here's my resume. I'd like a job. <laughs> so now is a really, really good time to just prepare for all of that. Well, speaking of um, 
the time to spend. Do you think, what do you think the new normal is going to be when we get out of here? That's what I'm wondering. What, what do college students, you know, what are you guys thinking about? The new normal. I've been thinking a lot about this one. I hope that we're all paying attention to how this was handled by everyone, by how like apartment complexes, whether they're doing rent freezers or not, like pizza delivery drivers, like which workers um, were essential and how they actually were compensated for that. Because a lot of essential workers are like college students, high school students. They're like the fast food workers, they're the grocery store workers, they're the pizza delivery drivers, and they're not making, you know, like 40K a year. (laughs) They're making like maybe $9 an hour, if even that. So I think it's really interesting how we saw just kind of how our society is structured and how who the real essential workers are. Now, you you were working uh, before. Uh, talk about your work and ha- has COVID impacted your work life as well? Absolutely. It's heavily impacted my work life. Um, before all of this happened, I had a part-time job with um, a locally owned toy store in Green. Um, there are three locations. I worked mostly at the Green location and the Wimberley location, but they were a small business. Um, like I know the owner, I would see her all the time. Um, and they have closed because of the lockdown orders in New Braunfels. Um, two of the locations are completely closed. One of them is still open doing curbside orders, which I think is great. A lot of people need puzzles and board games right now. So they're taking orders over the phone and just bagging up the items and then like leaving them out inside the door for customers to pick up. Um, but I don't work there anymore. <laughs> uh, I stopped working there. I want to say like it was it was before school started back up. So like maybe three weeks ago, Um, they have like two uh, employees that are doing the online orders, um, but everyone else is out of a job. Um, And I'm really lucky because uh, I thankfully have parents that are helping me out right now. But um, if I did not have that help, I mean, I would be out of rent money in like two months. <laughs> so for a lot of people who depend on, uh, who, who need to be at work to pay rent, um, that's, it's a really, really scary time for them. And I'm, I'm really worried about a lot of my friends. One of my uh, friends posted on her Snapchat yesterday that she was applying at McDonald's because she has to pay her rent and, uh, she was out of a job. So it's crazy. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you know, back to what what we've talked about before, the the essential worker. Can you touch on that a little bit that 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 uh, we're seeing a lot of these beyond the healthcare and first responders, of course. But do you think we'll have a new definition of essential and have a little more value for those jobs moving I forward? Hope so. I hope so. I really hope that this puts it into perspective to everyone that we need to be paying these people a lot more. Like, because when something like this happens, they are the essential people. We need grocery stores. We, we don't need fast food, but we really, really like it. (laughs) We, we, especially delivery, um, because no one wants to go out right now. Um, they're so, so important and, and they're out there like risking their lives basically to deliver us a pizza. They're not, well, well, they weren't being compensated for it as much as I think they should be personally. I know a lot of people have gotten, um, risk pay, like hazard pay, uh, during all of this, but I think it's, it's really important that, um, we, we look at what's happening now and we see who still is out working, going to work every day. And we appreciate them a lot more when this is all over. I think the 
pay standards should definitely stay. Yeah, great point. Well, and how how are you staying connected with your family and friends during this? Because if you're sort of sheltering as best you can in place, your classes are online. How how are you staying in touch? I called my mom yesterday, actually, uh, but I don't I don't see my parents um, like once a month or anything. We live four hours away from each other. So it's not strange for me to not be seeing them and just talking to them over the phone. Um, but I, I am also really lucky because I live with two people and I'm not just quarantined by myself. I would probably be way more sad <laughs> if I was. Um, but one of my best friends is my roommate and uh, we hang out all the time. <laughs> So that's that's really, really nice. But I've also um, had a lot of fun lately with doing group FaceTimes. Um, Me and my friends will all get on and play King's Cup, (laughs) play play a fun game over FaceTime. I think that's it's it's really silly, (laughs) Um, but it's what we have to do because we can't see each other. But it's also it's it's kind of fun. (laughs) What does all of that say about the, the 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 connection digitally? versus in person. Do you think that's going to change the way people think about digital and then in-person activities and events? I think that after this is all over, I think that we're not going to take for granted in-person events anymore. I think we're definitely going to show up and show out to (laughs) most of the things we're invited to, at least for a while. Um, But I think it's, it says a lot about like, the younger generation, how we can just adapt to this so quickly and like get on all of the apps and services um, to still talk with our friends, like never underestimate like a Gen Z being able to talk to their friends. (laughs) They will make it happen. And I, I think that's really fun. And my mom, I think is a silly example because she hates technology. She despises it. And she is like a a third grade math teacher or English teacher. I can't can't remember what subject she teaches, but um, she has to record these videos now for her class. And my dad had to come over and like show her how everything works. Um, And she was like, I hate it. I don't want them to see me. Why do they have to see me? And I was like, you have to get used to it. It was kind of like, ha ha. Now you have to use technology. Like you can't ignore it. (laughs) Exactly. And I'm having FaceTime coffee with my mother who's 88 and she texts me in the morning at whenever she's up and says coffee so we FaceTime with my brother and we you know brought him into it and now I have a on my phone I have a group called coffee talk and that's our FaceTime group (laughs) so I think that connection is really really important and I just do wonder um, you know you guys are so digitally savvy And I just wonder what it means for uh, the in-person once we do get to where we can connect. And you guys have done so well with online classes. Where do you see education going forward in the future with online and the mix of online and on campus? I said before, I despise online classes. I always, I avoided taking them all four years of college because I, I need that in, in-person, in-class uh, structure to make sure that I stay on top of things. Um, I, I actually hope that for general online classes with, with the in-person classes still happening, I hope that online classes adopt the Zoom, everyone checking in for Zoom uh, during a class meeting. I hope they do that. Because I think that's so important (laughs) to see your professor's face at least once a week. You just remember like, oh, I'm in school. I need to get things done. Because I I know 
definitely like online classes, you're more likely to forget that you have an assignment versus an in-person class. I do think some of the skills you guys are learning about how to communicate this way are so valuable because I'm hearing from business leaders this has changed everything moving forward because companies can do business this way and save on on all kinds of travel costs and building costs. They might not need a building moving forward if everyone can work remotely. So I do think there's a lot of innovation coming out of this. I did want to ask you, I mean, look, looking ahead five years, where do you see yourself, Anne, in five years, having oh gone through this business? <laughs> Uh, I wish I had an answer. I have a lot of hopes for where I'll be five years from now. I genuinely don't know what it'll be. I hope that um, I have moved from San Marcos and I'm living in Austin uh, or somewhere like Austin and I'm working at a company, not just doing freelance and um, I'm making enough money to pay my own rent. <laughs> That's there you go. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Well, the, how do you think you'll look back on this time period? Oh, because gosh. it really, really is a period of history that we have never known before. It's like a fever dream, you know? <laughs> I feel like we're all going to look back on this time period and just be like, we did that. <laughs> that happened. And we all lived through it. Like that's, that's crazy. Um, I think it's, it's going to be like, once all this is over and we get back to normal, it's, it's going to be like, we'll kind of forget. And then, you know, it'll be one of those moments where like you're drunk eating pizza with your friends at 2am and you're like, remember <laughs> when we couldn't leave our apartments? What was that? Uh, but I also, I really hope that uh, people remember this time that we've all been in this together with like kind of solid solidarity. And, um, and we all made it through and we, we all made we, it through and we kept moving forward. And that's something that I really want people to be thinking of, see the innovation if they can and find a way to, to use those, that, that learning that, that we went through and create things that are better than ever before. That's what I'm hoping for. I, I um, actually thought it was really interesting the other day in, in my journalism class, there is a story everywhere you look, <laughs> which I'm, I'm honestly a little appreciative for because I wasn't sure what all my stories were going to be before this happened for the class. Um, and there's just so, even though like I can't really leave my house, I mean, I can interview anyone over Zoom and there's just so much to cover because this is worldwide. <laughs> well, so that, that's, that's good for journalism students. <laughs> it is. And, and I'm hoping that maybe it makes us have a little more grace and compassion for everyone mm -hmm. uh, in all their different situations, students, teachers, uh, all different levels of workers. And I'm hoping it, uh, it makes us kind of wake up and see some of that. And I want to thank you for chatting. I, I just think it's important. I think graduating seniors, especially you have a unique perspective. And I think it's important that, that we hear your voices. And you're definitely dealing with change and creativity. And that's the, the topic of this podcast. So I want to thank you for your time. Thank you for having me. Thank you for listening to Stories of Change and Creativity. Check out the show notes for more information about this episode. You can find this podcast on any of your favorite streaming platforms. 
Please subscribe, leave a review, and share this podcast with a friend. If you have a story to tell or know someone who does, reach out to me at judyoscom.com or drjudyoscom at gmail.com. That's drjudyoscom at gmail.com. Thanks for listening.